how you meet the person is 0.0001% of the overall life story that you're going to build with that person. So whatever four or five decades you're imagining with this life partner, this one meeting, was it a friend who set you up? Did you meet at the you know, uh, dance class? Was it parents who introduced you? I mean, those set up to love ho gaya. parents to arranged ho gaya. Pops in a pod. Pops in a pod. Welcome to Pops in a Pod. I'm Peter Pop. And I'm Nadir Pop. Peter, after our the romantics episode, the DDLJ debate, um, we've taken a very serious step with our relationship following as, as far as content is concerned. One of the things we didn't touch upon very strategically in that entire episode about Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge is just the aspect of romance. And uh, anyone who's familiar with Indian movies know how much we love our song and dance and romance and stuff like that. But let's be honest, it's no longer the same right now, right? I mean, in 2023, we also realized how aged if I may use the term, the romance in Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge was. So that's why we thought it may be interesting because we've been out of this entire dating and relationship game for a while. We'd get someone who actually deals with it far more and has a far better understanding of what it's like dating in your 20s and 30s. So now that you want to tell us who our guest is? So our guest for today is Radhika Mota. Radhika Mota is my college mate back from uh, Symbiosis when I was doing my masters in Pune between 2007 and 2009. And and honestly, I am I'm, I'm just so happy that I I happened to connect with Radhika and doing what she's doing, helping singles, uh, you know, give that guidance and find their partners, or at least give them the tools to find the type of partners that they want. So, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to hear what Radhika has to say about her career in relationship coaching and as a matchmaker. All right. So, here's Radhika Mota. Now, on the podcast, we're doing something different. And honestly, in the last couple of years, everyone's worldwide, I think, familiar with the concept of matchmaking, thanks to India Matchmaking, the Netflix series. And we're actually joined by someone who kind of helps people with relationships and matchmaking. So, welcome to the show, Radhika. And are you anything like Seema Auntie? Please help us understand. Thanks, Peter, uh, for that intro. And uh, yes, I am referred to as Seema Taparia Auntie. But for techies, uh, although I do like to believe that... uh, the title that my newsletter readers have given me, Cute Hitch, is more relevant. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad to be here on this podcast with you and Nader. Thanks, Radhika. I was like, you know, in, in the, we, we sort of go way back, right? 2007, 2009, that's when we were there in Symbiosis together. I would have not imagined you doing what you're doing right now. But um, the way things have changed over the years... Uh, today, I don't think we, we're surprised by by anything. Like 
I was just telling Peter that I have two or three friend circle, and I'm the only father in all those those friend circle. Whether it's my school group or my college group or some biases group or the work group, right? I'm the only dad, and at at one point it doesn't surprise me anymore because you know um, I think companionship is so important right now. So my leading question would be that: Do you think romance is dead, especially for the people in you know, in their twenties and their their thirties, and they prioritize other things. Have you have you noticed that? Interesting. Uh, it just reminds me of something I watched over the weekend: The Romantics on Netflix. Uh, amazing uh, PR work done for YRF. And uh, you know, growing up on all those Aditya uh, Chopra uh, movies and watching how romance should be the idealized version the film filmy version of what romance should be has set a very high benchmark for people because now people expect spark on a first date people expect butterflies on a first date dil ki ghanti bajegi and none of that happens because all of us are just normal people and if somebody is actually able to bring a lot of spark on a first date they are probably narcissist they have perhaps given that spark to 10 other people because of which they are very sparky in nature and uh, the whole idea of romance has obviously changed uh, a lot of consumerism has kicked in to suggest what romance should be unless it's a you know a uh, five star uh, hotel dinner it's not a great date unless it's a valentine's day grand gesture you don't really love your person uh things like those but uh, net net uh, people in their 20s are definitely spending much more time on their careers building their own identity uh shaping their own world and uh, there has certainly been a delay in uh taking the decision of whether or not to get married and that is getting pushed towards late 20s and 30s in the circles that i am in you know actually it's quite interesting that you also introduced yourself as seema aunty uh, for the techies right because let's be honest nadir and i have discussed this uh, in an episode we did a while back with a couple of 20 year olds right like what it's like for online dating and i've never used a dating app i didn't even have like a shaadi.com matrimony whatever profile nadir's shaking his head similar right yeah we we had something called extended family <laughs> we also had orkut nadir people looked at the last five visitors and uh, you know went into each other's scrapbooks and wrote nice things about people that yeah, never met i i remember that phase uh, very well not so fondly but very well <laughs> so i mean i want to start off with like considering online dating and how it's kind of just like taken over because this is again because i've no, never used any of these apps right a lot of it to a certain extent from what i understand it's become kind of transactional right like or it's also in a certain way you're not only chatting with one person like to give the orkut example you're going checking all those five people messaging all five of them right so just to kind of set off and just to get some context on that 
how is online dating especially for slightly older people because like let's be honest everyone wants the best looking person with the best photograph and things like that what are some of the things that you're seeing uh, in online dating uh, that's kind of happening in general sure great question so uh, peter what's happening is online dating has allowed us to expand our horizons and have optionality so there are tons of options with more than 1500 dating apps available globally we have tons of options and that also leads to a lot of confusion so unless people are clear about what are their negotiables non negotiables how long do they want to engage in texting uh which i recommend not more than 3 days and then jump to a phone call a video call or an in person meeting at a safe publicly available space uh people just get into the loop of ego boost because when you are one of the most good looking hot and sexy person out there this the dearth of matches but more the matches that you get it's overwhelming it's difficult to filter out among that noise and it keeps you in the loop of oh you know what next day morning when i woke up i had these 600 people who really like me but then who do you really like because they like you for your looks are looks the criteria to have the co ceo of your life and when i talk about those quantitative qualitative metrics the quantitative ones being height weight complexion package the qualitative ones being how kind is the person how loyal are they do, do they still continue to have friends from different phases of their life how do they treat other people especially those who do not have power uh so those quantitative those those qualitative metrics are not something you'll be able to gauge over an app and that's the reason it's so important to move from texting to IRL in real life dates and uh, sooner it is the better it is for everyone's mental health now that's on the that's on the optionality part and the and the you know texting to IRL dates part there's also one more angle which is the fact that apps have allowed us to dehumanize people because you are just another profile to me and my split second judgment is going to decide whether i swipe a left or a right on you and depending on how my day has gone at my workplace with the number of uh, cab cancellations i have had in the evening with whether my food delivery service got me the right meal hot and fresh or not end of the day i may or may not swipe right on you which may not actually be a reflection on you and yeah so that's that's where we are uh thanks to technology we do have a lot of options we do get to um 
expand our horizon beyond being the frog in the well who knows nothing about the outside world, we do get access to uh, people who are unlike us. Uh, but with all said and done, ultimately, the probability of a person finding somebody in their first or second level connections is still way higher than anything else, purely because there is comfort and trust in familiarity. The socioeconomic class is going to be similar. The education background is going to be more or less same. There is going to be shared values and shared lifestyle, which is truly important in the long run. And uh, those are the factors that really matter. Well, you know, thanks for breaking it down because like while you were talking, I was also just, it came to my mind, uh, this article I read basically, and I don't know if you've come across it or you've heard something similar in your practice, but basically how in order for you to unlock those bonus, the super like, or see further things, there are certain apps that will purposely not show you in the free version uh, certain features or certain number of profiles. And the idea is just to keep you actually unlocking those things and keep going on. And when I was thinking about it, I was like, that's a bit messed. I mean, like, you are literally going in with optimism and the longer you spend on these apps, you're literally fighting against the grain, so to say, right? Like the whole idea of the app, if it's not to recommend people to you just so that you get money. And that's what, kind of what I was thinking of transaction. I mean... But then if we do not call them, uh, call those apps as, uh, you know, um, I mean, let's just say hmm. apps are not monsters and apps are actually a nice way for lead generation. And it is a good tool. You know, it's a good tool to have uh, in your dating portfolio, because when I make personalized recommendations to my uh, clients, I'm like, you can have two or three serious dating apps in your portfolio. And then everything else is a combination of what's your social life? Where are your personalized matchmakers? What, what are your relationship managers? Uh, what are your friends and family doing for referrals? What's happening in your alumni mm -hmm. circle? X, Y, Z. But apps are good to be in your dating portfolio. So I wouldn't call them monsters, honestly. Uh, having said that, retention and engagement are the metrics that apps are tracking. They don't want a churn rate. The cost of acquisition is so high that they would rather keep you going with whatever gamified way it takes to keep you on the app. So if it takes, Peter just signed up for an app, five minutes later, he gets this pop-up. There's this smart, sexy girl who's interested in talking to you. Would you like to pay this much and unlock? Sure, who wouldn't? But come on, do you really believe that within five minutes, there is somebody out there who really wants but to I talk to you? I more in a genie in a bottle than that. <laughs> But but here is here's what I want to ask you, Radhika. Where did you come in? I mean, we, we've spoken about online dating, the apps, and you said it's a great platform for lead generation. Being digital marketers, we completely understand that sentiment, both from a quantitative and a qualitative standpoint. But but where does somebody like you step in, like the the human connection, right? We we all know Seema Auntie's story. Uh, she's she she moves around in those circles and she has those uh, you know 
people for other people uh but w- what about somebody like you uh, and and what's your process right like when when you are um say coaching somebody um you know th- this particular client what is the problem statement that they come to you with and how do you try and fix it sure interesting so nadir uh, i help single people get ready for their last first date and i'll break it down for you much before they arrive at the one the life partner the co-ceo of their life whatever that designation is they typically go through a journey which is understanding about themselves which is what do they really want from a relationship what do they want from a partner and then it only gets easier so when they come to my dating accelerator i have it designed in a way that they take quizzes to understand their attachment style their love language their personality their dating triggers self sabotaging beliefs all of that also understand about relationships do they have realistic role models when it comes to relationships do they have are they sensitized about gender enough to be able to hold good meaningful conversations and then we also work on optimizing their dating or matrimony profile whatever the case may be with the right there's nothing right or wrong so let's just say with the most authentic version of themselves so that they attract relevant matches if i'm going to ask them to put out two pictures of scuba diving and two pictures of bungee jumping and look really cool they're going to attract those typical explorers and then be like oh no but that i did only once in a lifetime so that i could get to talk to cool people <laughs> what we really need is somebody who's going to be right for you and that's where i come in so more clarity on people on relationships on the kind of partner they would want uh, what they are manifesting and then reverse engineer it for them in terms of designing their social life how are they moving around in the offline world and uh, yeah maximize serendipity for them not just through the apps but also through a like i said combination in the dating portfolio so that they can cast their net wider while having a good understanding of what are they actually looking for so that it typically takes 3 to 6 months to actually find their person and what i do is not a matchmaking program so nowhere am i saying placement guaranteed <laughs> just join in and you'll leave with your person no but this most certainly allows them to be in a better headspace with the right mindset not stick to a checklist that is not serving them anymore and actually genuinely authentically show up in the world to be able to meet that one person out of 8 billion on this planet and that's no big deal so it's interesting that you talked about a checklist right and again this is purely coming out of 
I can't believe I'm saying this, but being out of the dating pool for like 12 years. So I'm completely detached from like, what do I actually, because like when I was thinking about it, right, and my wife and I keep having this discussion, I was like, what the hell were we thinking when we like even were looking for other partners? Because I've kind of forgotten that, right? But just kind of going back to even tying up with what we initially talked about, right, where, you know, people are delaying, right? And they're focusing more on careers and other kind of stuff. What really are the expectations you feel that a lot of people come with, if you can share some of them before they go through this entire process, right? Sure. Uh, Peter, I uh, have a quick disclaimer here. So the kind of clients, uh, the kind of uh, you know people I cater to are extremely niche by India standards. So they are in very specific pin codes, top pin codes in India, where there's a lot of youth population. So they are currently working in a Mumbai, Bengaluru, Delhi, Pune, Hyderabad kind of a city. They could be from a tier three, four, doesn't matter, but currently in these pin codes. And for them, in their 20s and 30s, what they are looking for is what men are looking for is somebody who is working. And quite often I also hear should have lived in a hostel so that she has exposure to having studied in a different city and having lived a hostel life. So working, ambitious about her career, could be somebody in the you know, development sector, could be a dancer, doesn't matter but needs to have her own identity and needs to have her own set of friends and social life and uh, somebody they can come home to because they really are already away from their homes, right? I mean, a lot of us have concentrated in these top pin codes in India while our joint families and our extended uh, you know, relatives and everybody else is in the hometowns and smaller towns and wherever. So someone they can come home to who is not a competitor but who is a teammate in the life's journey and then when it comes to women depending on whether they are in their 20s and 30s i have seen a slight change in preferences but broadly it includes the willingness to continue working after marriage. Marriage shouldn't come as a sacrifice to the career that they have built and the identity they have built over all these years. There continue to be certain segments in the society where, uh, you know, Lerki ho, kamane ki kya zarurat hai? Why do you really need to work? We have a great flourishing business. Or women from our business don't, from our families don't really go out and, you know, deal with outside world. So women top three, they want to continue working after marriage. They want an equal present partner, somebody who's going to show up for them and not just throw in money to fill in for all the birthdays and anniversaries and kids parent teacher meetings. And then somebody who is intellectually compatible 
because they really want to have good conversations with this person. These are women who can provide for themselves. They are financially independent. They don't seek jewelry or clothing from their partner as a provider. What they are seeking is companionship, and uh, that's the kind of clientele I have. Do you also then coach them about? Because you take you, you you did mention that it does take three to six months, you know, and I I like how you put it that you coach people for their first last date. Uh, very interesting way of, sorry, last, last first, first date. date uh, very yeah. very interesting way of. Uh, you know, look, looking at a long-term perspective, but through the journey, <clears throat> do you then also coach them, train them about what to expect in a relationship, considering who they are themselves? Like, do you want to have kids? Um, do you want a big wedding? Do you want, you know, to travel twice a year? You know, th- that that sort of thing. Like keeping the expectations real, because we we see it on you know the the matchmaking show that. You have very highly successful successful women with master's degree, and they are lawyers and business owners and entrepreneurs, and they come with their own emotional baggage. Um, and then you know you have the men also who come from business families and will only listen to mama or papa, whichever girl that they choose for me, I will go with that girl, right? But then on the girl side, there, there's never a choice. There's always okay, I think I can manage whatever that I need to. So do, do you also have a process where you explain certain things and you coach certain things to these people before they kind of, you know, lock on that uh, that particular person? Interesting. So while I do not influence their life choices, I do show them the mirror when they come to me with the assignments that are part of the program. So say we do an exercise on manifestation letter so that the participant writes a letter visualizing that they already have the kind of life and partner and relationship that they would like to have and operating from that place of abundance, they write a letter talking about what are these attributes of the future life partner. Or possibly if they want to have kids, then what are those 15 traits in the co-parent and uh, and write it down. So when we go through that exercise, it also allows me to understand uh, what is it that this person is looking for. And if, if it comes up with, you know, those quantitative metrics of needs to earn 3x of me, so that I can take a sabbatical. I'm like, why does it have to be 3x necessarily? Where did that figure come up from? Or needs to be six feet so that my pictures look good and I can still wear <laughs> heels. Like, where is that coming from? Sure, you want to feel physically safe, but if you are 5'2", the other person doesn't have to be six. And the other person is 5'3", you will still have somebody who's taller than you, right? Um, even men, right? When they come up with, oh no, I need someone beautiful. Okay, define beauty. Because anyway, that's going to fade out over the years. No Ole, nothing can save it. But define it for me. And what does it mean to you? Does it mean social validation? Does it mean getting good photographs? What does it mean to you? So I let my clients have that conversation with themselves 
on why are these filters there and what does it mean to them? If it's money, what kind of an upbringing did they have? Accordingly, do they feel resource constrained because of which they now want somebody to be at a 3x so that no matter what the sabbatical stage is, how many years, whatever, nothing, absolutely nothing gets hampered. No EMIs will be missed or whatever. If it is height, again, connotations. So TLDR, too long didn't read version, neither would be, no, I do not influence them, but I do show them the mirror. And I do ask them, what does it mean to you? And accordingly, do you or do you not want to have it in your list? So it's okay to have a list. But if that list is too long, if it's beyond whatever two, three deal breakers, then it's just too long. Because with every additional filter, the in a startup world, the total addressable market is reducing. But uh, in a very normal world, the pool is My reducing. God. You, you, you're like literally throwing all these keywords from MBA presentations. <laughs> but at least you're not saying TAM and all of that, right? That would be like a little bit, like we'd have like subtitles for this. I, I, I just yeah, said yeah. full form so that we didn't have to clarify but, it You later. know, while you're talking about all of this... Uh, and I'm sure Nadir remembers this episode uh, very vividly. So we had an author who, his name is Vivan, and he wrote the book, What Millennials Want. And it's quite, right. have you read the book? Oh, haven't read, but of course, I've, I've heard about the book. Yeah. And one of the things that kind of like, I think for Nadir and me, we read it in like font 28 or 60, whatever you want to call it. Uh, where he actually talked about doing interviews and he did a lot of primary research. He said over 40% of youth today want to prefer arranged marriages. And of course, the book, he covers a certain uh, kind of reasoning behind it and all of that. Which if you think about it, like while we are progressive and we've got the apps and we've got everything, but there's still a portion of India that wants to get married to someone that their parents or, you know, an elder person in their family uh, kind of chooses for them, right? Is that also something that you've seen uh, coming in your practice? And how does that affect just the entire way they look at, you know, relationships really? Right. So, uh, Peter, I've definitely had people who joined my dating accelerator while being fully aware that they will get into the arranged marriage process because they live in a joint family in a Raipur, Udaipur, Ahmedabad, Nagpur, whatever that city is. And uh, they probably also have family businesses and they, they were they were set, like they already knew their, you know, um, equation in life. Yet they came to the program because they wanted to understand fundamentals, understand what kind of conversations to have in those first and second meetings with a complete stranger coming through an arranged marriage process, given that they would not have too much of a leeway to be able to meet that person maybe 20 times. So what are those right set of things to look for 
uh, red flags, clean, green flags conversation? And uh, how soon can they approach what kind of conversations? And accordingly, go ahead with the person. So, so that's one part of the story. And the second part is, I've definitely seen people go through dating fatigue by the virtue of uh, swiping and texting and you know just doing the rounds on dating apps. And now they're done. They have uninstalled those apps and uh, they want to meet people organically. And they are also okay with the arranged marriage format because come to think of it, how you meet the person is 0.0001% of the overall life story that you're going to build with that person. So whatever four or five decades you're imagining with this life partner, this one meeting, was it a friend who set you up? Did you meet at the you know, uh, dance class? Was it parents who introduced you? I mean, those set up kiya to love ho gaya, parents ne kiya to arranged ho gaya. And then that meet cute story hardly matters a couple yeah. of years down the line because just like IKEA, you need to DIY the relationship. <laughs> so true. So true. But Radhika, in your experience, and I'm not going to ask you what, what your current relationship status is. Um, Married but... for seven years. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but what I want to understand is that... Um, why is why are people delaying long-term relationships? Is it just because of careers? Is it because um, of materialistic pursuits? Um, is it just living the single life and then you know trying to figure it out? Ke baad mein dekh um, wh- wh- if I had to ask you top three things, right? That what is this uh, reason? Because um, I mean, let's face it, right? That India also is not getting any younger. We are not, um, we are not repopulating ourselves at the replacement rate that we should be. Correct? Uh, does it have anything to do with the whole dating thing? I'm not too sure. But because you've been in this in this um, practice for so long, what are the top three things that you have noticed that is probably responsible for this whole delay in dating and you know getting hitched late in life and all of that? Great question. So yeah, India is not getting any younger now. I mean, of course, uh, just the way Japan, right? Uh, The Japanese government has introduced these uh, initiatives to bring single people together, to host parties for single people so that, uh, you know, they get incentivized to get married, have kids and everything. Uh, Top three reasons, very Ankur Vadikush way for uh, people delaying marriages in India. One, is the fact that uh, 20s are now spent in building your career, exploring your alternative career options well within your 20s. Because just because you finish graduation in engineering does not mean, mean you'll actually do a core engineering branch. And just because you finish uh, you know, graduation does not mean uh, you will immediately take up a job. You could do a B school. And just because you finish a B school does not mean you'll settle in India. You might want to go abroad. So multiple options are open in 20s as you're building your career and your identity. And that may not necessarily mean prioritizing dating or a long-term relationship because that would need commitment. That would need, okay, what do we want to agree upon, right? 
Second is the fact that uh, there are people who may have gone through a heartbreak, uh, certain long-distance relationship not working out, one person got a placement in another city, another one got in another continent, uh, or whatever that is, or, uh, uh, you know, heartbreaks because of multiple reasons. It could have been long distance. It could have been a case of cheating. It could have been some intercaste marriage, interreligion marriage thing not working out at home and uh, just a heartbreak, which is normal. And that could mean taking a little time off to be able to heal, to be able to introspect more on what is truly important to them. I definitely know of people who listened to uh, their families or peers or whoever when they went through the first heartbreak. And that was because, hey, no, but you know, you're not from the same caste or you're not from the same type of uh, you know, financial backgrounds and this doesn't work for you. And they listened. And then much later, when they became wiser or they were able to <clears throat> spend a little time understanding what truly matters to them. That's when they said, no, I, I don't agree with the filters that the world has for me. And then the third reason of the top three is also the fact that there are people who are questioning whether or not they want a monogamous long-term commitment with an individual. Now that we, and I do believe in monogamy, but not everyone does. And now that we have all these concepts of uh, exploring at a lot of levels, right? People are exploring their sexuality. People are exploring the idea of polyamory, monogamy, open relationships, all of that. They're also exploring the idea of whether they would want to be uh, single by choice because they have gained that financial independence. They have a certain lifestyle and they don't necessarily want marriage to act as a speed breaker in that journey. So optionality at a lot of levels. You know, Radhika, you've left us with a lot to think about. And I think we can go through the night and do another hour probably of this, but we're definitely going to take a pause or leave enough with all our listeners to chew on for this. But for those who are also listening in and are single and are wondering like, okay, you've given us a lot to think of. We want to kind of further explore or further kind of understand this. Uh, how do they reach out to you? Uh, what's the best way? Sure. So um, I'll be happy to hear from your listeners on radhikamohta.com, R-A-D-H-I-K-A-M-O-H-T-A.com. Uh, I write a weekly newsletter happy to have them as a subscriber. I am also on Instagram as Radhika Mahata underscore IG. And those are the best ways to look me up. Apart from the fact that I'm also on Twitter, it's Radhika Mahata there. All of these links will be available in the show notes. So 
please make sure that you guys go through it and yes if you are single and ready to have a long time mingle maybe radhika is the best person you should get in touch with uh she will coach you she'll help you um probably guide you um might not be uh you know go out and help you make that that right decision but at least give you the tools um to sort of at least put you out there and hopefully uh you know get hitched um but radhika thank you so much for for chatting with us it was absolute fun um we learned a lot about you your practice your work and really what's happening in the whole dating world and um looking thank forward you. to more such conversations thanks a lot nader and peter for having me here and uh, i hope i've left both of you with some food for thought to go back to your spouses and just discuss what's happening with dating in 2023 uh, and just go back and thank your spouses that you met them without the yes. apps they will deserve a big hug from us i'm pretty sure of that <laughs> <laughs> but thank thanks uh, thanks radhika this was fun and uh, yeah hopefully we should we should have a much longer chat than later happy and that was radhika mota nadir we learned quite a few interesting things in this episode yeah i mean for us anything to do with relationship is a major learning and and she also said that that maybe you should go and talk to us talk to your spouses uh most definitely will do that but somewhere i feel that there's such a massive handicap that we did not experience you know apps and she spoke a lot about it i i love the fact that she said that digital dating apps are like uh, lead generation tools and <laughs> I think she got that bang on. Like keep your options open, you know. Arrange marriage करनी है कर लो. मम्मी ने किसी को दिखा दिया. It's okay, but keep that dating app because you know it will help you. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I quite found the approach interesting, right? Because I think, honestly, if you think about it, with relationships, just like in general life, right? There's no one size fits all, no one solution for everything. So yeah that was a major takeaway i had i i also like the fact what she mentioned is that women today are have such specific needs out of a relationship right like we don't need the money we just need a very stable partner if i am becoming a parent i would want you also to be an equal parent in that relationship like very um manageable relationship goals right today who doesn't want that um you're educated you can make your own money but when you need a companion you have to be compatible and i think that's a very important point that she brought up yeah why don't you let us know all our listeners what you found interesting from this episode and uh, you can write to us at popsinapod@gmail.com or you can follow us on instagram just search for popsinapod and we'll be right there we try and do some interesting content um post some stuff put out some reels for you guys but uh, yeah if there's uh, any any nice interesting profile or guest option that you want to share with us just go ahead and do that and who knows we might just invite that person on pops in a pod next time all right that's all from us we'll see you next week